Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, Make sure you do it in a Dodge Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I want to start off this episode with a disclaimer that we are going to be talking about some really hard and sensitive subjects like depression, suicide, and mental illness. So this is a trigger warning to my listeners. So listeners' discretion is advised for this episode. Please be aware of how you're feeling throughout this episode. And if anything starts to make you feel uncomfortable, please just skip to the next episode. Remember, you are not alone, and we are here to help you with that. So let's get started. If you were to Google... What is depression? I literally got four ads right off the rip. Take this quiz to see if you're depressed. Depression facts. Biology of depression. And then there's a list of different kinds of depression. But the main definition that came up was from psychiatry.org, stating that depression is a common and serious medical illness that negatively affects how you feel the way you think, and how you act. And I just want to laugh at that. (laughs) Now, just a reminder, I cope with everything through dark humor and really bad jokes. So please don't think that me laughing is me laughing at people who suffer with depression or mental illnesses because that's just not true. But I do think that definition was absolute shit. I mean, so many things can negatively affect the way you feel and the way you think and the way you act. I mean, that's just really vague. But who's talking about the things that depression really is? Like not being able to sleep at night or not doing what you love to do or having a hard time getting out of bed in the morning, feeling like you have no real reason to get up because you feel this overwhelming dread of what the day might bring you or what your brain might decide to make you revisit. In my instance, every time I go to sleep, I think about how my family died. Unfortunately, I was there to witness a lot of things that I shouldn't have when it came to my family's death. And I'm reminded in the morning that I am truly alone. In the matter of my family, of course, um, you know, I have tons of friends. I mean, not literally, but you get the point. I have, I have some good friends. But I'm always reminded that my family 
is gone. And that sucks. So yeah, I don't want to get up sometimes in the morning. And I don't want to do anything because I really feel like I have no purpose. But no one's really talking about what depression does to you physically. You know, for example, my mom was was undergoing chemotherapy and radiation for years and was getting these chemicals pumped into her just so she could live longer with me. And when she would ask me to help her do the yard or you know help her on the house and go through things, I would tap out so much quicker than my mom would. She it was like a machine. And do you know how discouraging that was to know that my mom, who was, I don't know, 57, 58, out picking weeds in the, you know, July and August heat and humidity, or, you know, cleaning the house, cleaning our hot tub, you know, and I'm sitting here like exhausted just from waking up. Just trying to take care of everyday things when you're depressed, or even just taking care of yourself when you're depressed is so hard. Your body hurts, your soul hurts, and it's just miserable. You start hating yourself because because you can't do the things that you want to do. But your depression is a part of you. And one of the ways that I've kind of dealt with my depression is becoming friends with it. But it's also, it also seems like it's too much sometimes. People die from physical illnesses every day. For example, my mom and dad. But people also die from mental illnesses, like my uncle. And what some people don't know, and it might be a little shocking, but suicide is actually the third leading cause of death in teens. And it's the second among college students. Now, college is already hard enough. I struggled a lot in college, but I did it. But I know suicide is a tough subject. But having someone who I loved deeply actually go through that, it gave me a whole new perspective on mental illnesses. When the pain is greater than the ability to cope, that's when people decide that suicide is their best option. And I'd be lying to you if I sat here and told you that I haven't thought about it. Because when you're dealing with mental illnesses like depression and anxiety, and you're also dealing with the motion of grief, it's extremely overwhelming. And the best way that I can describe it to you is that it's uncomfortable. I can't tell you how uncomfortable living was for me. When my mom passed, nothing felt right. It was almost like I was living in this, I won't even call it a dream because it was a nightmare, but nothing felt real. I didn't feel real. It's like you just don't belong. And it's just, it's just uncomfortable. It's painful and it's physically painful. It's mentally painful and emotionally painful. I mean, depression and mental illnesses, I mean, it's real and it's not talked about enough. Why are we not talking about these things? And I know I'm going on this rant, but it's so important to me because I grew up thinking that I was crazy 
because I was dealing with these things. But why is it that when you hurt yourself, like you, when you were a kid, you fell off the swing set and you go to the emergency room and you're checked in and it may take a couple hours. I'm not going to, you know, just completely pass through that. But you're checked in and you're, you're seen. But if you were seeking mental help and you were to go to an institution to see if you, you know, could be taken in for, for help, it's true that if you don't say those key and magic words, that they can possibly deny you service. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm not sure you actually get declined service at a hospital if you go to the emergency room. Now, why is that? Why is it not as easy to seek mental health help? I know from personal experiences that it is really hard to find a good therapist. I've struggled for years finding a good therapist. It is also very expensive to find a good therapist. Depending on what insurance you have, you may not be able to get a good therapist. Let alone be able to afford seeing a psychiatrist to get medication if you want to go that route. You know, I think about when I was in grade school and if I needed to go see the nurse, I would go up to the teacher, ask them that to go see the nurse. They would write me a permission slip and I would just scoot my way out of the class and go to the nurse, call my parents if I needed to because I didn't feel good or lay down if I didn't feel good. It was just really easy. But if I wanted to go to the counselor and this happened to me multiple times, I was told that I needed to make an appointment or I could go in between classes. You have three minutes. I had three minutes to get in between classes. So I was going to be late. And it just, it, why? Why was it like that? That's, that's, it's almost like, okay, well, I'll just pass. I don't want to do it. It's also like, you know, people with physical illnesses are looked at differently than people with mental illnesses. And for years and years, people were considered crazy or psycho for having mental illnesses. But if someone had a physical illness, they were given words of encouragement like, keep going, you're strong, you can do this. We're here for you. Let me know if you need anything. But why weren't we given the same attitude with mental health when that's what we needed to hear the most? We needed to hear those loving and powerful words, and we needed that support system. And I would never bash anyone that has a physical illness. You guys know that. You know, my mom and my dad and, and my friends have physical illnesses, and I couldn't imagine what it's like to have a physical illness. But I know that Having physical illnesses can also lead to mental illnesses. I know when my dad got diagnosed with cancer, he struggled with keeping a positive attitude. I mean, how can you blame him? If I was told I had zero to, to six months to live, how do you keep a positive attitude through that? I just can't. I can't even imagine. And I know my mom struggled. My mom struggled a lot, too. She was just better at hiding it. 
My therapist told me this analogy for grief, and I think it's one of the most real ones that I've ever heard. She said, grief is like a bubble. And imagine the bubble being in a jar. And as your life progresses, the jar gets bigger, but the grief bubble is still there. And that's how we deal with grief. The grief never, ever goes away. There are always holes in our hearts that will never be filled. And I really hate it when people say, you know, time heals all wounds and crap like that. Like, I hate it because time never heals it. But your ability to live around that grief is designed. And that's what people don't understand. Sometimes with grief, things start to linger and they stay around a bit longer than they should. And that's what I would call my depression. Even for those who are listening that have never dealt with a loss of somebody, depression is still out there. And a lot of people are affected by it. And I always hear this statistic of one in five people have a mental illness. And I don't think that's true. I actually think it's more people have mental illnesses. They just don't know what it is. They don't know they're actually suffering from something. I knew a lot of my friends when they first experienced anxiety, they had, no, they had, had these feelings, but they had no idea what it was. I wonder how confusing that must be growing up and dealing with these things, but never really knowing what it was because no one talked about it. It's stupid. And I found this meme during the pandemic and like we're still in a freaking pandemic, but it said that, you know, this pandemic has really messed with my mental health. And then underneath it was like, wait, you were okay before all this happened? And I found it so funny because something like this, like this this COVID-19 virus that has caused this world to shut down for many people to lose their jobs and quit their jobs and, you know, had loved ones that died from it. It really has kind of turned the tables on how we look at grief. It's really hard to think that there are people out there that don't suffer from mental illnesses. And I envy you. I envy you so much <laughs> because my life sucks sometimes. And that's why I came up with my little inspirational quote that's on my Good Grief Jesse website and my Facebook page because life sucks, but I'm here. I'm physically here and that's what matters. And I'm here to tell my story one more day. And that goes for all of you guys. Life sucks, but we're here. I want to share with you guys my experience with antidepressants. Antidepressants are not for quitters. Let me, let me just start off with that, okay? They're not for quitters. But sometimes my psychiatrist just didn't give a shit and put me on whatever he thought would get me out of his office quick enough. When my dad died, that's when I decided to seek help. I decided to seek therapy and I decided to seek medicine. So I was put on Zoloft, Prozac, Remeron, and Welbutrin over a year period. 
And let me tell you, that was terrible because obviously none of them worked. But Welbutrin that I was on, I had the worst reaction to. And it was the first time in my life that I had ever wanted to kill myself. And that literally scared the hell out of me. I mean, I can't lie to you. I just can't. Like, that That was... And that's that happens to a lot of people. They, I mean, it's one of the biggest side effects. That if you have suicidal thoughts, stop taking this medication immediately. And after that, I just decided to stop. Stop all medications except for an anxiety medication to take as needed. Because I was like, you know what? I have I have the willpower to do this on my own. And I did. I did pretty well. And I did well for about five years. And then when my mom died, I, I literally was just pushed over the edge. I mean, who wouldn't be, though? <laughs> uh, and I know that some people are c- completely against antidepressants. And they would rather do natural remedies or anything like that. And that's awesome. I really think that is super cool. And I encouraged to seek out whatever you think is best for you. But when I lost my mom, I couldn't do natural remedies. And I know you guys know what I mean by natural remedies, so I'm going to leave that up to you. I couldn't do it. It wasn't working. But I just knew that I was really struggling to continue to live. I was really struggling. I was really struggling. (laughs) And that was my last option was getting back on antidepressants. So if I'm here next week, just know the antidepressants are somewhat working. (laughs) I'm joking, guys. Even though we aren't really given a choice as to what kind of life we live, we are given a choice of how we want to live that life. And, And damn it, I want to live a happy life. I want to live... I want to live. I want to feel good for once. And I don't think I've actually gone through life genuinely happy. And I know that I'm not the only one out there that feels that way too. And that's what's really upsetting me. I don't think it's fair that there's tons of people out there that are living. And that's it. They're just living. They're just surviving. They're not thriving. They're not happy. And that sucks. And you're probably thinking, all right, Jesse, where are some jokes? We're tired of listening to you talk about how shitty life can be. (laughs) Well, don't you worry. Don't you worry. The jokes will be coming. Sorry for my rant. But this is super important. I feel like we just need to, to move forward as a society and start talking about these things. It's really hard to overcome a lot of these things when you're dealing with grief. And I know it's such an isolating feeling. To think that no one else understands how you feel. I mean, look at me. I know for a fact that there's not a lot of people that know exactly how I feel. <laughs> and that's okay. Like, I don't I don't go into these expectations of people understanding how I feel. Because I am like one in a million people that have gone through something like this. But I know how isolating it can feel for a lot of you guys. And I feel so sorry for my friends. <laughs> I mean, it truly must be exhausting to be my friend. Like, holy crap. That is so unfair to be a friend with someone who just had their whole family die. But I do have to say my friends do a really amazing job. And they want to help me 
through my trials and all my crap that I've been through, but I don't really know how to because we are grown to learn that we don't talk about grief. We don't talk about mental health because other people's grief and other people's mental health is uncomfortable for the other person. But when someone is suffering, you never know. They might actually want to talk about it. And if you have friends that will allow you to talk about your grief and your losses openly and freely, those are some damn good friends. And I am surrounded by some really awesome friends at this point in my life. I know it's super challenging to be my friend. And my friends obviously do a really great job. And that's all I can ask for. And my friends are really trying to understand how to talk to me. But it's like, where do you start <laughs> with some of my other friends? It's like their their dad passed away or their mom or their grandmother. And you, you can start by talking about that. But, you know, where do you start with me? <laughs> um, and a lot of people start with my brother because they knew my brother. And I don't talk about Frank any day of the week. Love that guy. But obviously he thought he was too cool to hang out with me anymore. God, I'm so sorry. Uh, my friends don't deserve to put up with someone like me, but I appreciate you guys. <laughs> but I do rely on my therapists a lot more than my friends to talk about the heavy, heavy things. And it's not because my friends aren't great. It's because my therapist is trained to handle those kind of conversations. Because it, what I went through was... It's horrible. And I'm not trying to ruin my friend's day because they empathize with me. It's like, I'll sit here and tell you about how funny my dad was or or how awesome me and my brother were and how beautiful my mom was. But I don't tell them the gruesome details of what I had to go through and watching them all die. Man, depression really sucks. <laughs> you know, it took me five hours today to get out of bed and come down here and record this episode because I was so physically tired of having to push myself to get up the next day and do what I needed to do, but obviously I'm here. And you're listening to my voice. <sighs> People don't understand how much of a physical toll depression takes on your body. And it's so crazy to think I've been dealing with this my entire life. Like, I still have no idea what's going on with me sometimes. I mean, I've been struggling the past couple of days with my body feeling anxious but my mind's not computing it as anxiety. So I'm sitting here nauseous, shaky, just exhausted, not hungry, like loss of appetite. I'm like, what is going on with me? And then I'm like, oh, shit, <laughs> I'm experiencing anxiety right now. And it's like, I know that we lack communication a lot, but... I thought your your mind and your body were supposed to communicate all the time. And where is the disconnect here? Where is the disconnect? 
But I guess we all lack communication at some point, right? (laughs) So I asked on my Instagram page, what sucks about depression? And to read what some of you listeners had posted on there was absolutely heartbreaking. Because I wasn't expecting you guys to actually feel that way. Someone wrote that hopeless feeling or feeling down but not being able to articulate how you feel or how a loved one can help. And I feel that. I felt that so much because I struggled with that with my family a lot. And I love my mom, but she was tough. My mom was tough in a sense where she wanted me to communicate, but I was, one, afraid to communicate because of getting lashed out on, and Two, because my mom would get mad at me for not communicating, and then I'll get upset because I wanted to communicate, but I didn't know how to do it effectively. So I would never, as a child, be able to effectively communicate with my mom and how I felt. So a lot of the time I I go to my mom and I'm like, Mom, my stomach hurts. And she was like, what does that even mean? What does it mean that your stomach hurts? Tell me. And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't feel good, Mom. And I was literally just having anxiety and it was making me nauseous. And I just had no idea how to say that because my mom would get mad at me. It's so funny. I love you, mom. I love you, mom. And I'm, you know, I'm thankful that I'm able to effectively communicate. Um, But it's so funny to think at one point in my life, I was scared to even look at people in my eye. And now I'm sitting here talking to millions of people. Well, Maybe not millions, but, you know, maybe one day. Millions of people. There we go. I'm going to manifest that. Millions of people about my life story, but I talked to them about how my family died. They just thought they were too good for me. (laughs) Uh, I'll see you on the other side, homies. (laughs) My dog is looking at me like I am absolutely insane. And if you hear her in the background, I'm so sorry, because sometimes I can't edit out while I'm talking her doing her thing. So just excuse my Rue. (laughs) She's crazy. Another person wrote, wanting to be alone, but feeling like you're missing out on family or friend time. Girl, you are not alone. And that just made me so sad reading that because you probably have no idea that other people feel the same way. And I'm so sorry that you guys feel like this why don't we talk about this stuff more why don't we talk to our friends and family more about how we're feeling why is it so taboo to talk about depression or your grief i know firsthand that talking about other people's depression and grief is uncomfortable why do you think i make jokes about all of my losses and all the people that died it kind of lightens the mood a little bit right but we have to move past these things guys there's no way we can start living successful lives and being truly happy when we have these feelings and we feel so isolated from everybody else. But in fact, more people feel like this than you understand. The problem with mental illness is that you can't look at somebody and tell they're depressed. You can't look at someone and just immediately know that they're suffering with anxiety. It's not tattooed on their forehead. You know, I don't go around saying, hi, my name's Jesse and I'm depressed. I mean, sometimes I do say that. Um, But that's just my defense mechanism. It's like, don't mess with me. I'm depressed. Don't make me cry on you. (laughs) I don't recommend doing that. But, you know, 
it's just not fair that we have gone to this point in our society and in our lives that we aren't able to talk about these feelings and emotions with other people and have them be open to having that conversation and open to feeling uncomfortable. It's like, well, which one would you rather have? Would you like me to sit here and say, I no longer want to live because my family died and I watched them die and I just can't do it anymore. Or would you rather just me say, hey, I'm officially up for adoption. <laughs> That's always a good singer. It's a good conversation starter. But hey, I want everyone to know that when you have these feelings and you're not feeling okay, have someone that you trust and that you feel comfortable talking to. You can always reach out to me. But also it is important to know that these feelings are a lot more common to other people than you understand. You are not the only one that's going through something like this, and I know it feels like that sometimes, but there are so many other people in this world that suffer, and you never know how you could help someone by talking to them about how you're feeling. You just never know. I want to thank everyone for such an amazing launch week. It's been super overwhelming with the responses that we've gotten with the podcast. And I want to encourage everyone to just share my message with everyone. Share the podcast, like, subscribe, download. Because if you think that this may not be right for you, my podcast could be right for somebody else. And I just want to see if I can help as many people as I can. Because I know that my purpose was to help other people. And I'm opening myself up to be that lifeline for people. So please share, talk about it. You know, let me know how I can help you guys out because I'm here to support you. I also have on my website a tab to get in touch if you would like to leave a review or a comment or if you would like to be on the show, there is a form there you can fill out. I have gotten a few of those already, so please just be patient with me while I get a good response going and get all my ducks in a row. I also want to let you know that the donate tab is still available. Since my mom passed, I decided to take off work. And any contribution is appreciated during this time. And for those who have already donated, I thank you so much. I was able to buy groceries this week because of you. <laughs> you have no idea how much I appreciate you guys. Thank you so, so, so much. And I'm here to continue this journey with you. And next week, I will have someone very, very, very special to me that's going to join us on the show. So it's going to be a little bit of insight of what it's like to be a friend to someone who's grieving. But I'm sure you're all curious on how my friends are able to be there for me. <laughs> um, and all of my friends that I have in my life right now have been through a majority of my losses with me. So I look forward to sharing that experience with you all. I love you. You are not alone, and I'll talk to you soon, Grievers. There you are in the great wide open when you hear it. Dinner time. When you're hungry, you're not going to let 5,000 feet of mountain get in your way. And if they try, that's what Kia's lineup of exceptionally capable SUVs with available all-wheel drive is for. The Telluride, Sorento, Sportage, and Seltos are how you know we take this pretty seriously. The SUVs and the dinner. Hurry into your local Kia dealer today. Kia, movement that inspires. Visit kia.com for details. Always drive safely. If you run a small business, efficiency has never been more important. So for a limited time, Comcast Business is introducing small business savings. Call now to get powerful internet for just $39 a month for 12 months with no annual contract and a money-back guarantee. All on the largest, fastest, reliable network for small businesses. Comcast Business. 
empowering possibilities. Ends 92122 requires EcoBill and AutoPay. Restrictions apply. New business 50 megabits per second customers only. Equipment taxes and other charges extra and subject to change. After promo, regular rates apply.